Hello, and welcome to Understanding the Other, a podcast where your host, Bella Prue, interviews her friends and sometimes family members about real-world issues. Today, we're going to be talking about free speech with my dear friend, Lenia. Say hi. Hi, <laughs> I'm Lenia. So, so excited to be on the pod. I am so excited that you're on the pod. Um, just before we get started... So free speech is a really controversial topic, and it's one that a lot of people like either have very hard and fast opinions on or none at all. <laughs> um, like, for example, I'm of the opinion that, wow, people are jerks on the internet, but I don't think legally there's anything we can do to stop them. <laughs> so true. Um, how, how do you feel about that? Like, are there any measures that should be taken to stop people from being the worst all the time? Or <laughs> um, I feel like consequences <laughs> consequences yeah and like... i don't know what those specific consequences would have to be uh-huh. but i mean i guess in terms of the internet i guess kind of losing access to those platforms okay because i mean like even though yeah we do have free speech mm-hmm. but like just like anything there's moderation and there's right i mean i guess just like our right to bear arms mm-hmm. there are still clauses that go along with that so if you use that for harm then like that's not part of how it works so if you use your free speech for harm there should be consequence for that too got it so you're of the opinion that there should be some form not necessarily of censorship but some form of accountability yes like i do believe in hate speech being a thing yes (laughs) whereas some people don't some people don't think it's a thing i very much (laughs) do think it is a thing yes (laughs) very much just the abuse of your free speech okay got it Great. Well, uh, thank you for joining me and, you know, being willing just to share your opinion. I've got five articles that we're going to run through, (laughs) Uh, two of which are opinion pieces from the New York Times, two of which are scholarly uh, journals articles, and the last one is um, just some statistics. And I just want to get your opinion on it and share my own. So the first one is an article written for the Duke University Press or published in the Duke University Press, written by uh, someone named Ray Tarada. Um, just to paraphrase, because it's long and very jargony, mm-hmm. um, students at a university, 11 of them, they disrupted a person's speech on campus um, who was just in town, and they interrupted it politely. They were like, hey, we don't agree with you, sir. Like, they, like, addressed him properly and were nice about it, but they were still penalized by their university. How do you how do you feel about that? Because I know how I feel about that, but we can get into that later. I guess that's a toughie. That I is mean, a toughie. Because, like, as much as I am for, like, standing up for what you believe in mm-hmm. and not just, like, sitting silently, I guess I, I guess maybe I would have to say, like, it would have to be case by case for me, I guess, okay. to really have a strong mm-hmm. opinion, which maybe that's not fair to make it case by case. Sure, and you but, can't put down some kind of... Right, then there's no line, but I, right. I see where you're coming <laughs> from. So how would you feel about it if they came in and were, like, totally rude about it and just being jerks about it? Um, I would definitely feel less forgiving. Okay. But I guess what it comes down to for me is what... What about the way he was using his speech was upsetting to them? Right, yeah. So I guess it depends on, like, well, was he abusing his free speech mm-hmm. in his speech? Okay. Um, And was them stopping it and interrupting it, I guess, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, appropriate or... I guess avoiding harm or protecting okay. harm. Got it. Like, there from being any harm. Right. Okay. So you're figuring out who would be the more righteous in the situation before you can figure out your opinion. That's totally fine. And by the way, it's okay to say I don't know. (laughs) I don't know is a perfectly acceptable answer. Um, But yeah, that is like a really tricky one. I would have to say, personally, that I believe 
honestly, again, it's up like, up to the university. Right. Like, interrupting someone's speech with protest, it absolutely should be allowed. But it yeah. depends, like, if your university, like, because, you know, private companies, private organizations, whatever, like, I feel they have, that's, like, their jurisdiction. Right. But, like, in general, I don't think you could ever put a blanket law and say, hey, you can't do that. So, right. kind of, if we're in the censorship bucket or the free speech bucket, I would fall more into the free speech bucket. Just right. because we do have a right to gather and we do have a right to protest. Yeah. But that's... You know, that's all incredibly interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's much more I would say about that one other than students should be allowed to do it, but they should know the risks going into it. Right, like, yeah, for you, sure. You know. um, all right, the next one by Louis Michael Seidman from an article titled, Can Free Speech Be Progressive? This is an interesting one. Apologies if you can hear my dog barking. Someone is at my house. <laughs> She's opinionated. <laughs> she is very opinionated. <laughs> um, so, uh, Seidman writes, the answer to the question posed by the title of the essay, um, the essay title being, Can Free Speech Be Progressive, mm -hmm. uh, is no. At least the answer is no if we are talking about free speech in the current American context. So, in the way that you p see people using it, well, it's like, well, I have a right to go and do this. My free speech. America. America, yeah. Um, he continues to summarize, free speech cannot be progressive in the same sense that conventional conceptions of the speech right cannot be made to tilt toward the significant social change that progressives favor. So progressive in a like liberal, right. uh, that like sort of political sort of right. way. So free speech itself cannot be progressive is the argument. I would be a little inclined to disagree. Mm -hmm. Um with free speech, but the way he's defining free speech, I think I agree. Um, yeah. With the whole definition of, like, my right, my choice, you know, like, I get to say whatever on earth I want, no matter yeah. how it affects people. I am inclined to agree that that's not going to be, like, progressive, like, as of, like, liberally, politically, right. but also just in general. Like, I don't think we're going to get anywhere. How do you feel about that? If I'm understanding correctly, I think it could be progressive. Mm-hmm. But, it, yeah, it's just not likely to if you're okay. using it in those terms. If Yeah, if you're using it in the way that we define free speech right now. Right. Um, as opposed to maybe the way it's been used previously, but the especially during, like, the pandemic issue, mm -hmm. the way that free speech has been used as right. almost as a weapon mm -hmm. um, to, you know, spread misinformation right. or hurt people, like, that sort of sense. I don't believe that we it can would. have <laughs> yeah. progression in that sense. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But I guess the thing is with progression is that, like, that you can be a progressive and still have a wildly different view or opinion set than another person that identifies as a progressive. Right, exactly. Because progressive is so broad. It's really an umbrella term. Yeah. Right, yeah. But yet it's still the one I use that best describes me, which is right. funny because it's yeah. so vague. <laughs> like, it is, yeah, so vague. I understand completely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay, um, moving on. This one is a hot take. I am excited to Me hear <laughs> um, your opinion about this because oh, no. this one almost changed my opinion on the oh, whole view. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> like, literally, I had to sit there and go, oh, am I wrong? So, um, an article um, which is published in the New York Times by Andrew Morantz, it's titled, Free Speech is Killing Us. So, that's an interesting one. Uh, to quote him, speech should be protected, all things being equal. But what about speech that's designed to drive a woman out of her workplace or to bully mm -hmm. a teenager into suicide or to drive a democracy toward totalitarianism? Right. We can protect unpopular speech from government interference while also admitting that unchecked speech can expose us to real risks and we can take steps to mitigate those risks. So I'm inclined a little bit to disagree, but also like this one's weird. It's kind of pushing me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, why? 
I can't figure out how I feel. Like, I tend to agree. If I yeah. Under, like, if I'm understanding that correctly, like, I tend to agree. And basically what I was saying at the kind of beginning, that yeah. it's just like, yeah, you have the right to say what you want. But, yeah, if it's causing harm, if it's hate speech, mm-hmm. then, like, there should be regulations, I guess. Right. Place. But I guess, again, because speech is so unique to each person mm-hmm. and the way you interpret speech is it's so unique to each person, it... Mm-hmm. It also feels impossible to reg- like to right. Regulate. So like there should be some form of ways that we can like censor people right. who are being like, I don't know, overly rude. But then my issue with that is okay. Well, where do we draw the line then? Right. right? Like for example, um, when Donald Trump got banned from Twitter, mm-hmm. part of me was like, yes, because I'm not <laughs> the biggest fan of him. <laughs> um, I didn't necessarily like what he was putting out there. But then yeah. I had to sit back and think. Well, when when is it okay? to just remove someone's access to share their opinion. When is that okay? So that's why I had a really hard time wrestling with this one. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of people are using their voice only to demean and be awful to other people. Why should they be allowed to have their voice? But then it's like, well, that mm-hmm. someone could be saying the exact same thing about you, right? right? So like maybe the speech you're sharing to them is offensive and rude and awful. Well, ah, what do we do? Because then yeah. who has more, does anyone have more right than anyone else right. to speak? It's just, it's really interesting. So, okay, if I'm understanding you correctly, you believe that there should be some sort of, like, accountability, consequence, got it. Okay. So, yeah, that is But I have no clue what that would be. (laughs) Right, and I don't even believe that Morantz offers um, an answer for that one. It was just like, there's an issue, and we got to fix it. That is the issue. Like, we can recognize that there's something happening, but solutions are difficult. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it will require, like, I don't really think there is, like, a solution. I think it's kind of just hopeful generational Mm. change. Yeah, right? I mean, (laughs) that that kind of stuff gets washed out. Right. I don't think it ever will. And, I mean, people are here and willing to talk about it. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's there's always going to be opposition. Right. Yeah. Okay. I hope for better, but... (laughs) Yes, so do I, don't we all? (laughs) Um, Before we get into the last one, which Mm -hmm. I believe is pretty antithetical to a lot of what both of us just talked about, so that'll be interesting. Um, I want to cite a statistic from the Pew Research Center. Um, It is an article and research done by Amy Mitchell and Mason Walker. Um, They quote, Roughly half of U.S. adults, 48%, now say the government should take steps to restrict false information, even if it means losing some freedom to access and publish content, according to a survey of over 11,000 adults conducted from July to August in 2021, which is up from 39% in 2018. So I said it's at 48. It's it's at 48 now, almost half. Mm. So we've gone up considerably. Um... This is, misinformation online is, like, for me, a big part of free speech. Because I've seen a lot of people shut down for sharing information that is probably, you know, not great and Mm -hmm. not accurate. But then again, it comes to that whole thing of, well, when is it okay to do this? And when is it okay to not? Is it when public safety is involved? Like, if you're only hurting yourself by spreading this, but you're not. It's a a public thing, right? So almost half of U.S. adults say that the government should be able to restrict that. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't, I don't know that that would work, that that would really solve it because, well, I don't know because like, there's just like, (laughs) there's always going to be, the thing with like information is that it's like nowadays it just comes down to faith in the source. Right. Like, because this 
apparently reputable source says this thing, but this also apparently reputable source mm-hmm. says another thing. Right. So how am I supposed to decide which one I believe in? Mm-hmm. Um, and so because our country tends to work on a binary when it comes to the government mm-hmm. of this side or this side, we don't really leave a lot of room for gray area. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's always going to be harming someone of their beliefs. Right. Okay. So there's, you know, there's no good answer for that one either. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just don't think the government is really going to be able to solve it. Right. Yeah. Neither do I. That's like, the the thing I found interesting about that statistic was that they say the government should take steps. I'm like, okay, well, how are we going to do that without getting too intrusive? Right. Something interesting. I believe that private companies do have the right and do use it. I saw someone who I follow on Instagram, who is, you know, super right-wing politically, but they Mm -hmm. posted that they were looking up, like, essential oils for flu. Now, I have an essential oils, Mom. I understand this. (laughs) This is near and dear to my heart. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Lavender on your open wounds. It's so good for you. But um, on Pinterest, they had looked it up, and um, there was a flag at the top which said... um, topics related to this often are misinformative so we're not going to show you any of them and instead it was just a bunch of covid vaccination information um which it's not even technically related but i mean how do you feel about covid covid is the only sickness there is of course covid (laughs) is the only thing that gets people ill anymore right but like i was like oh i don't i don't like that i know pinterest totally has the right to do that they're a private company they can just they could dictate what goes on their platform Um, but that didn't sit well with me yeah, I don't, I feel like I would be fine with there being a banner explaining. Yes. Hey, this. Hey, be careful. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. these are used incorrectly or in too much excess or in mm-hmm. this or whatever, like they can be dangerous and harmful. So right. like here, I would say provide other resources as mm-hmm. well of like, right. here's other information about these and how to use them carefully yes and here's also what you were searching for right yeah so it's like even just like a warning hey this tends to be misinformative be careful like that would seem like a good place because then even if they're not going to change their mind or change Mm -hmm. their opinion you're still giving them a little warning maybe for someone who's curious or searching right especially because when you hear something from someone who is very well versed in a topic they forget where they were when they were learning about it right yeah and so they can be very overgeneralizing and maybe just kind of vague mm-hmm. in the sense that, like, they'll just be like, oh, yeah, they're great, they're awesome, it solved, it fixed this for me, it yep, fixed, fixed this that for me. me, yeah, like, whatever, and so you kind of just think, oh, I can just kind of jump into the deep end and not, you don't see all the, like, hours or days, weeks mm-hmm. accumulated of them researching that thing. Right, And yeah. so you can kind of skip those protective steps, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That is, that is interesting to me, and that is one that I've been, uh, you know, having issues with and, like, wrestling with. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the last one is another uh, New York Times published article called The Free Speech, Hate Speech Trade-Off, written by Erwin ah. Chemerinsky. It's a fun last name. Um, he is arguing that hate speech is protected under the Constitution. And no. that, well, <laughs> the law under the First <laughs> no. Amendment is clear. Hate speech <laughs> is protected speech. Over 300 colleges and universities adopted hate speech codes. Every one was challenged to court was ruled unconstitutional. Now, he does say, it is important for campus officials to respond to and condemn hate speech. But he says it is legally protected. You can't do anything about it, but you're still responsible to respond to it. 
How do you feel about that one? By your initial reaction, I think well, I know. Well, I guess then he's just like, oh, a technicality. Oh, okay, like, so that's like, that's, that's, that's like, what you're chalking like, it up to? me, that's like saying, well, oh, the Constitution protects you shooting somebody. No, it does not. Like, <laughs> it gives you the ability to like, have a I guess, I guess it's like, okay, like, I guess my point is I don't care <laughs> about okay. what, what the Constitution says. Because it right. just, to me, it does not rule morality. Okay. And so... Yeah. I guess it cool. It's legal, mm-hmm. but does that mean it is moral or good? I guess that's kind of up for interpretation, I right. suppose. But like again, I just think just because it's constitutional doesn't mean you can't abuse it. Right. Okay. And yeah. make it un- unconstitutional. Well, right. So he was like, "Hey, it's bad and it sucks, and if you're <laughs> threatening someone to kill them, you can be legally punished. Right. Like threats can be legally punished, but hate speech cannot." And I was like, "That is interesting." And I don't know if I agree that it I mean, should be in place. I guess what are you saying? What is he saying is hate speech then? If it's not threats or well, right. whatever, well, threats then can what be he... legally persecuted. But like really, just being openly mean to someone based on something that's like maybe not their action. However, like people mm-hmm. do define hate speech because just phobic of something. Yeah, whatever blank phobia. However, we right. would describe it. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. So you're saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, that. It doesn't matter. That's an arbitrary argument. People have responsibility to hold each other accountable. Yes. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, like, I don't know. I just think that, like, oh, well, it's, that's the Constitution, or you mm-hmm. wanting that is against my constitutional rights. Right. I'm kind of just, like, it's a piece of paper. It's uh-huh. a document. That shouldn't be your ruling compass. Right. Okay. Well. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. No, I think... <laughs> Yeah, we like we slightly vary on some points. We're aligned yeah. on others, and honestly, that's why I love having these conversations. Yeah. And that's why I'm so thankful that you, you know, came to sit yeah. down and talk with me about this sort of stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I had opinions through reading the sources. They were challenged. I was like, ooh, yeah. okay, how do I feel about that? But you know, I've still definitely come to the point that I believe free speech should be protected. Mm-hmm. But it is up to us to moderate each other and to yeah. hold each other accountable and to watch what we say. Not only because, like, oh, whatever, it's my right to say this. Yeah, but is that going to build people up? Is there right. a point what is to the that? productivity of it? Exactly. Yeah. If your speech isn't productive, sure, you have a right to say it, but that doesn't mean you should. Right. Which, to me, seems like common sense, but I guess it's no, not no. always common <laughs> sense. So, <laughs> yeah. um, yes, thank you very, very much for yeah. joining me. Happy to be here. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I hope you have a good rest of your day. And <laughs> to you, everyone who is listening, I hope you have a good rest of your day. And uh, I hope to continue this as a thing. Um, me and a couple friends had the idea to start this. Uh, they unfortunately can't join me today. But I am still very excited. Um, yeah, any closing remarks about anything? <laughs> I guess just what I would say is it's okay to feel gray on things. Hey, things amen, sister. <laughs> we try to separate things into black and white. And mm-hmm. it's just that, like, most things cannot be black or white. Mm-hmm. And, like, everything is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to be like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> or like, Fair. I don't know. Like one of the like most freeing things in my life is being like, I'm okay with not knowing. And I'm okay mm-hmm. with being open forever to different options. Yeah. And never landing on one specifically. Mm-hmm. But there's that's... also like accountability to be had there of like, well, you can't always just be like, mm, so wishy-washy. <laughs> right, that it, but. I don't know. I guess that's a gray area too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that's a perfectly healthy opinion to have. Thank you so, for sharing your opinions with me yeah. and for sitting down with me. Um, I hope to see all of you guys on the other side of this later, and I hope everybody else's presentations go well. Good luck, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye-bye. Bye.